Hello, welcome to Book Talk. I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Book Talk, we get to have an author come and tell us about his book or her book. And we are always having some interesting books to talk about and also interesting authors. Today's guest is quite an interesting guest and you will love the episode today. We are going to be talking about food allergies. It's an interesting topic, I know. So stay right here and let's welcome to the show our guest today who is none other than Dr. Efka or Efka Seskar. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. So uh, Anthony Murray is incredible. He has such a kind heart. We were talking for a little bit before the show and he's such a good person. <laughs> and we also have joining with you today because we're outside we had some technical difficulties with the uh lighting oh uh, we're also joined with a, a garbage truck in the background but that's okay <laughs> just part of like no, leave, leave, leave all the rest leave the technical problems we had before leave the truck that is passing by it's all garbage. Right. It's, it's, it's all garbage what okay. we have right, right before us is what is important now yes. <laughs> and, and it's, exactly. it's a great an opportunity to be discussing about allergy and then the garbage truck comes by. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you have food allergies, sometimes mm -hmm. you bring your food home and you're like, you read the ingredient list at, at the store and you're like, this is going to be fine. But mm -hmm. sometimes like there's multiple names for food, like, like milk, casting, for instance. And so mm -hmm. you go home, you bring out your trusty book, your trusty advice handbook, and you're like, oh, that food, the ingredient that my child's allergic to, that I'm allergic to, is in that food, and I just didn't know. So then you have to throw it in the garbage, and the garbage truck eventually comes by and, and takes the food. So <laughs> it's appropriate. Wow. And now, today we're going to be tackling food allergies. And... Um, Tell us, I mean, take us up, but before we go there, let's know a bit more of you. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so first. Oh my goodness. So I am a family physician, board certified family physician here in uh, lovely, blistering hot New Jersey right now. Uh, and um, I've been a physician for, gosh, decades. And I'm also an epidemiologist and a biostatistician, um, and I have all this other training. So I have a whole bunch of other degrees behind my name, but um, I'll, I'll, Dr. Evka works, or Eva Tosnak, MD. And mm -hmm. I have an interesting story in that um, this is a passion of mine to help families with what they're going through with their children, because I was uh, born in a communist country in, in, in Czechoslovakia and my family escaped communism. And um, we almost died during that escape from, from, from Czechoslovakia into freedom, from mm -hmm. communism into freedom. And the family that came before us, they died. And they had little girls just like me. And their lives mean something. They should matter for something. And so as I grew up, I realized how important it was to be healthy to be alive and I'm trying to help families with a lot of the stuff that they're going through, which is stressful um, because there's many parts of medicine that are broken. And if I can provide hope and help, like 
I've done, done my job. Mm. And that's what we need in the world in the present age. We need hope. And, yeah. and uh, especially now that uh, doctor is bringing us hope and is talking about uh, food. Now, many doctors like talking about medicine, but you're talking about food. We yeah. really thank you for being a great hope for us today. Oh, you, you have, we have another guest with us today. <laughs> She's kind of shy. But we, we are talking about, since we are talking about foods, we, we might as well have allergies. We might as well also talk about dogs, right? So the, our, my dog. Now, when you're talking about food, be sure you're going to invite a lot of uh, visitors, and especially yeah. on our show. So when 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 the the food is mentioned, I mean, all visitors go, are going to join us. So, yeah. so uh, food and allergies. What is allergies? I mean, what what, what do we mean when we talk about food allergies? So uh, your body has an immune system that mm -hmm. fights off viruses and bacteria and parasites, and sometimes it looks at things that most of us might not necessarily think of as like a virus or a parasite or whatever and develops an allergen to them so it might take something like food and the body might create an immune response to it it might attack it and you might wind up with an immune attack and, and there's different kinds of immune attacks that you can have um there's ones that are ige -mute which means that there's these, these antibodies, these immune cells that um, go and they attack the food and you wind up with symptoms like difficulty with breathing and rashes. These are times when people might be using things like EpiPen, especially if they're having difficulty breathing to kind of bring that whole reaction down. Mm -hmm. And then there's other types of food allergies that don't have the antibody that that particular antibody response they have a different immune system response and um they give you other symptoms so you're going to get things like nausea vomiting diarrhea a lot of this gastrointestinal stuff mm -hmm. and i think for the longest time when we think about food allergies when pe most people hear about food allergies they think a lot about the the ones where uh like the peanuts for instance where mm -hmm. a child or somebody has peanuts and then they break out all over and they have difficulty breathing and uh, they need medication, like a shot of epinephrine, for instance, to help stop that. And we forget that something that might be like, may appear like a stomach bug may actually be a food allergy. Mm -hmm. And especially if it happens over and over and over again. And the first couple of times people might say, well, it can't be a food allergy because we forget about these other types. Um, and that's why it's important to have a diary because it can take a while to figure out, hey, this is what's going on. It's not infectious. Nobody else is getting sick. Um, it may be a particular food. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for that uh, intro, for that uh, insight about food allergies. Now, your book is known as the FPI's Handbook. Yes. And when I saw it first, I say, oh, what are these pies about? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. Or fries. Why are we yeah. eating? Oh, yeah. Fries. <laughs> fries. Yeah. What, what is F-Pies? Sure. 
So um, my book is really about all types of food allergies. I kind of go through all of it. Mm-hmm. But um, F-Pies is a newer diagnosis. It's been around, I'm sure, for centuries, but diagnosis itself just became newer where people started to recognize it as an actual medical condition more recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my daughter had it when she was born and it was stressful because like, I'm a physician, I've been pa- seeing patients for a long time. And even I initially was like not connecting the, the pieces that my child's nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, the bloody stools, all the mucus, the difficulty gaining weight, those were all signs of a food allergy. Mm-hmm. Because she wasn't eating the common food allergens that you would consider to be um, like, allergen inducing, um, like rice, who think, many people out there still think rice is a um, really not that allergenic when in fact it can be. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was stressed out about this condition that my, my daughter had and the specialists were few and far between and it was hard to see them and a lot of doctors didn't know what it was about. And there was a research that was co- going on that was showing that it was more stressful to have a child with this condition to then to have a child, for instance, with certain, certain types of um, intestinal failure, not to discount intestinal failure. Intestinal failure is hard, but mm-hmm. this was pretty stressful. And um, like, what do I do in that cha- way, in, in, in that case? Like, do I deal with the stress just like everybody else and wait for these appointments? Or do I become the change that I want to see in the world? Mm-hmm. And so the, the book was actually a collaboration of people because sometimes when you have new conditions um, that doctors don't know that much about, you find a group of people who are all dealing with it and you become your own family. Mm-hmm. And it was another person, Joy Vines, who was in the group and she's like, we have to get a book out there to help us. And um, I was like, yes. We do. We need to get a book out there. And so my my non-author, non-writer, engineering physician self said, let's do this. And I read all the research out there, all of the articles, and, mm-hmm. and created somebody that could help my child and everybody else. Too. And that would help that community. Mm. Nothing that brings families closer together than dealing with something that's really stressful and really hard. It gives us purpose. Yeah, and the 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 I mean the initials F P I E S in to someone who may be seeing it for the first time in simplified form is the meaning. The meaning is oh, sure, of course. So food, protein induced enterocolitis syndrome. So let me explain all that. Okay. 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 F I F I is food protein induced enterocolitis syndrome. F I. So. You know, food is like an ingredient, like food could be like a milk or soy or wheat or rice or a whole bunch of food. Mm-hmm. Protein induced means that the most likely this reaction is happening because the body is reacting to protein in food. Mm-hmm. So protein um, is like, they're like big Lego blocks mm-hmm. made up of a whole bunch of amino acids or Legos that are used by the human body to carry out all these functions. And the, uh, we need protein in food in order to like exist. And sometimes our body uh, reacts uh, to some of the proteins. And it has mm-hmm. to be a protein. 
protein. It has to be like that protein itself has to have a particular looking structure. So your body's not going to react to every protein that's out there, but it's going to react to ones that, that like like that look like a specific Lego model. Mm. They have a specific look to them, and um, uh, the body reacts to them. And then so you protein induced enterocolitis syndrome. So mm -hmm. what is enterocolitis? Enterocolitis is an inflammation of your entire digestive tract. Mm. So inflammation that's further up in the digestive tract may give you nausea, vomiting. Inflammation that's further down the digestive tract um, it will give you still symptoms. Um, maybe perhaps difficulty gaining weight, maybe um, a bloody stool, mucus filled stool, multiple stools a day, or sometimes constipation. But th this, these abnormalities in, in your whole intestinal bowel function. Mm. So that's FPIs. Now, yeah. is this um, reaction or this allergy, I mean, or the, this, this uh, specific condition, what is there an age set that it's more prevalent or is it just, I mean. So that you're a very good question. FPIs can affect everybody. You can develop it for the first time when you're an adult. You can. I know of one person who developed it for the first time when she was like about to retire. Mm. Um, but the majority of people who develop FPIs develop it as babies, children, and outgrow most of it, not all, but outgrow most of it as time goes on. And the age varies. So. So um, some people say, oh, if it's like a milk allergy, it could be three years, but it depends upon the study population. There's study populations to say that the, the, you're like that girl when you're one. There's other populations throughout the world where it's more like you're in your six or seven. Mm. And how do I get diagnosed if someone or a child is going through some symptoms? How do we diagnose that that is the FPIs? Right, or, or how do we diagnose these non-IgE mediated food allergies, which don't use that antibody immune response I talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. It's hard because I think the awareness needs to spread. And I'm glad you were, we're, we're having this talk. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing might people might think of with their child is, oh, it's just a stomach bug. Babies get stomach bugs. Or babies vomit, right? Mm -hmm. So. So, so they sit up, which is like closing of stuff through mm -hmm. from their mouth, and then they vomit because of their immature, immature digest, like they immature digestive tract, and that's mm -hmm. And um, so they vomit. So you might think, oh, this is just normal behavior for a baby. But with FPIs, you are going to have more of a severe version of that. And as mm -hmm. a parent, you might not even realize it's a severe version until afterwards or after the fact. Mm -hmm. And so you might have um, pallor, you might feel really sick, you might have digestive symptoms that aren't just vomiting, you also have like these different bowel movements um, that are, are frequent and bloody and full of snot, they're very mucus filled. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that you have to look at is if your child is doing a lot of vomiting, um, keep a diary. What are you What are you eating? 
if you're breastfeeding and it's a baby, what is the child feeding? Um, and then compare that to, to some of the known risks uh, factors. Like some, some foods are higher risk of giving you um, or giving you these non-IgMA food allergens. And I have mm-hmm. a whole list of those in my book. So if you're noticing these symptoms, see if you can pinpoint it to the food and see if you can pinpoint especially to some of the more higher risk foods. Mm. Ah, thank you for that. So for those who may be joining us right now or those who get to listen to this episode after we are through, we are talking with Dr. Efka Sesnek and uh, we are covering her book, The FPI's Handbook. And uh, it's quite an insight to those who may not be familiar with uh, that terminology or those who may be going through some allergies but they don't know where to start. This is an important book that I encourage you to go and get and read. And um, uh, as we keep uh, moving, uh, what's the, an experience that you've had or maybe some stories that you've had where people have been misdiagnosed over FPIs? Sure, so that, mm-hmm. those are really good questions. And there are times when you might be going with your child to the doctor and to uh, multiple times because your child keeps vomiting mm-hmm. and they're crying a lot and they're uh, having difficulty gaining weight and they have changes in their bowel movements. And the doctor might tell you, well, look at the problems like as opposed to seeing the forest for the tree, uh, trees for the forest, they might say, well, you know, they're having difficulty gaining weight. So why don't we get, fill, uh, we add to their formula, when it's the baby's formula, why don't we add some rice to it, to thicken it, um, and uh, just continue feeding, continue feeding, continue feeding, and because we need to get that weight up. And mm-hmm. if food that the child is eating is giving them an allergic response. Eating more of the food will just add to the allergic response, may worsen the allergic response. So the symptoms will get worse and the weight will not continue to rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that, that's an example. Uh, another example is with like the, the rice. Sometimes you thicken food with rice thinking, that, that that will make a difference and in fact it can make the symptoms worse mm-hmm. or watching when your young child is um feeding and they're learning table foods and they're they they're like there's a certain age where you're supposed to be introducing babies to food they're supposed to get new tastes new textures in their mouths and like well they're all teeth are developing, their oral movements are developing, they also need some of their practice with different kinds of food. Mm-hmm. And you might notice that your child feeds, has some of those foods, and doesn't really seem to enjoy feeding, doesn't really seem to enjoy what they're doing, and feeding should be fun. Mm-hmm. And then you're also looking at their, then you also ask questions about how their bowels are doing, and are they having nausea or um vomiting like or are they having bloody stools and and think that maybe the two are two are related and the two go together 
Um, we have our dog back. So I want to tell you a little story. Yay, the dog came back. So, so I want to tell you a little story about some food allergy prevention. Mm -hmm. So this is some of what may be contributing to um, whether or not we develop food allergies is what kind of microorganisms or what kind of bacteria are in our guts. Mm -hmm. And so there's like more ideal types of composition for your, for, for your gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. and, and there's less ideal ones. And the individuals who have less of these ideal ones are more likely to develop the food, the food allergies. Mm -hmm. And um, there's been studies of having a pet. Like, does, does having a pet, like does having a dog help decrease the chances of some of these food allergies? And the thinking is it might. Mm. Studies of like people who live uh, next to cows and next to farms and spend a lot of time in, in those environments. Mm -hmm. And um, and not just went there for work, but the, like the whole family lived next to, to next to the livestock. Mm -hmm. And also, li living so close to livestock seems to decrease your chances of of developing some of these food allergies. Mm. And which have a why and how. And I, some of that stuff can be tied right back to the microbiome and what kind of organisms are living in your digestive tract. Mm. Well, as well as you know what else your your body's having to 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 fight against, right? Mm. Like like some that's, of this exposure to the livestock stuff. Oh, that's that's quite interesting. And yeah. and, and now since you tell us of uh, that's a, a reducing risk factor, and um, what do we have some others? And maybe you could give us some um, how to deal it, with it once uh, someone for someone who has already. FPIs, who is experiencing FPIs. Oh, sure. So you can tell us how uh, more of how to reduce the risk and um, also maybe how to treat uh, someone or to go about it if you're on your own. Okay. So the re reducing risk of food allergies is hard. Um, we're, we're just at the beginning. We're just at the infancy of figuring all of this out. Mm -hmm. um, I do talk about probiotics a lot and, and sometimes having babies uh, or even moms who are pregnant take probiotics mm -hmm. um, in, 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 through foods and there's different foods that have more of them. Um, kefir, uh, miso soup, sauerkraut, um, yogurt, um, or you can get them as pills. And there's, there's, there's research to show that if you, if you give a baby um, specific probiotics, or even if you give the mom certain probiotics and the, the baby exclusively breastfeeds, you, are, you may have a decreased risk of developing these food allergies. And in fact, I have, I have another book that's coming out, and it's, um, I'll show it to you. It's the colic handbook. So the colic is another issue that we, that we deal with as, um, with young children where they just cry and cry and cry mm -hmm. um, for long periods of time. Yeah. And um, can you possibly decrease the chances that a baby will develop colic? And you might through some use of uh, probiotics. And there's all you know, research studies about that, that moms start uh, probiotics early on. Mm -hmm. um, and can see the breastfeed, for instance. Um, so, 
the other way, gosh, so the so prevention, it's, we're still figuring it all out. The studies are a little bit mixed, but we're figuring it out and hopefully there's even more information that'll be coming and I'll make sure to update my book as appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, the other way you prevent food allergies, and I, I wouldn't say there's different types of prevention, right? So this isn't primary prevention, but another thing you can do is decrease what kind of symptoms you have with it. So if you have it while you're waiting for it to hopefully resolve, which a lot of food allergies do, not all, um, decrease your exposure to the food allergens. Um, mm -hmm. And if you can't decrease your exposure, sometimes what people do is some immunotherapy where yeah. they get um, lower, uh, tiny, tiny doses of the allergenic food over time, repeated exposure over a long period of time. And that, that, that then the body becomes tolerant. It gets mm. used to be done in a systematic way, but, but it helps. Um, and, and then the other big thing is reducing exposure. And sometimes reducing exposure is hard because of how, what kind of an effect it has on your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. so like, like even just going on vacation. Usually when people go on vacation, they eat out at restaurants of some sort. They don't bring all of their food with them. It's hard to keep all of it like cool in the car for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you, you don't know how they're feeding you in, in the restaurants. And mm -hmm. It helps if you carry around allergen cards, um, if you let everybody know in advance uh, at the restaurant, because I've learned through my own child's experience that sometimes there's like restaurant owners whose children also have significant food allergies mm -hmm. and they're more happy to oblige and to make sure that everything's fine because they're dealing with the same thing and understand the importance of it. Mm. Symptomatic treatment is also important, right? If you have symptoms, what do you do? Do you just let those symptoms continue on and on? And you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So in the case of the nausea and the vomiting and the diarrhea, you can stop some of that in its tracks by giving medications like Zofran. Mm. And, and keeping someone hydrated, making sure they have enough oral fluids to be mm -hmm. able to be um, Zofran, Phenergan, is readily available in a lot of emergency departments. It's not readily available in every doctor's office. It's not readily available in every urgent care center, um, unfortunately. And not every doctor feels comfortable prescribing it mm -hmm. to give to uh, patients when, when uh, families to, who are dealing with food allergies when they get home, um, which is kind of really interesting for me um, because if you have somebody who has the more commonly known food allergies with like the difficulty breathing um, and the rashes, then many doctors will prescribe EpiPen and EpiPens and epinephrine available in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. um, and, and hopefully over time it changes so that the Phenergan is also available to help these families mm -hmm. um, places as well, you know, as, as well as at home. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all that with us. So those who are watching, those who get to listen, that's the F Pies Handbook by Dr. Eva Sesnek. And uh, she's told us so much about it, but you're gonna find out more once you get the book. I looked at it and, and, and also the other book that she introduced. How many other books have you written anyway? Oh my goodness, I ran into two different pen names. So all my pediatric stuff is under um, Dr. Eva Cessna, 
I've got mm -hmm. those next. And um, I have a whole, whole bunch more to go. I, I think right now I have five books out and there's there's more more to continue. Um, because medicine's broken in a lot of ways. I can see as a physician, right? I've been seeing patients forever and I wanna fix it. And I wanna fix the parts that give family stress. Sometimes it's hard when you're in the doctor's office to, to have all your questions answered. Mm -hmm. And how nice it would be if some of the more stressful conditions had a lot of had books which are cheaper than copays that someone could read right away to get general understanding mm. and something that's written in a way that like is easy to understand that hopefully is a little bit funny add some mm. humor to, to my books to make mm. to make them um, more more understandable because oh. we're in a business of saving lives right yeah sure so that's very good so and uh, you say how people how can people reach you if they want to get connected with you or get your books oh my goodness so my books are on amazon but they will, may eventually be coming to a bookstore near you we'll see mm -hmm. um i do house calls i have I'm, currently i'm accepting new patients here in new jersey i'll come to your house and i'll spend mm -hmm. more time with you. um and i do courses online about um all these all these topics so you can reach me on my website um, evka MD.com. Okay, that's very good. So the website again is www.evkamd.com and connect to Dr. Evka to learn more about allergies, to get the uh, courses that she offers, or just 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 only to connect with her because she's a, such a wonderful human being. <laughs> go to my website get to know how to connect with her and just chat <laughs> yeah so we really thank you for taking your time Dr. Evka to be on our show today and sharing with us all that you shared with us but uh, before you go it's a custom on Bookplace Media to hear some words from the author that we should always remember. What are your words? Okay. Wait, 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 repeat that. What, what's the question? Some words, some words that we should always remember. Something good that we should always remember from Dr. Efka. Oh my goodness. So my, one of my mothers is try to be the change that you want to see in the world. But um, one of the things that came out of my FPI's handbook, which I think will um, hopefully um, help people, is tell your story in whatever way you can just tell it some won't understand or will reject it but many will be grateful then the most magical thing may happen one by one you will start to hear other voices whispering me too your people will gather and you will never again feel alone this is your journey with whatever's going on with you and your child. And while in some ways it may be unique, in other ways, this journey has already been taken by others. Your new family, one who's experiencing similar things to what you do. Let's all get connected and help each other. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And thank you very much for sharing. And, um, once again, it's been such a wonderful episode. It's been such a great uh, honor to have Dr. Efka on our show. And uh, yes, remember to go and get the book, F. Pai's Handbook and the other book. 
uh, she displays there. And well, it's really good, I think. Yeah, 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 the handbook. Go and get it. Get, go and get all of them. Go and get all of them and connect also with her uh, from the website that we are going to tag on the episode. And uh, that's just about it for us today on this episode. I've been your host, Anthony Morore. And together with Dr. Efka, we are saying bye for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>